What's going on, everybody? It's your friendly neighborhood GM, Alex. Jumping in real quick just to tell you about an amazing podcast called Tale of the Manticore. If you're in the mood for something a little more serious, a little more grimdark, and something that really scratches that old school D&D itch, I highly recommend them. But don't take my word for it. Take a listen. Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Let's, uh, let's do this, Joe. Yeah. I'm going to start with that sound. I think that's that's how the episode is going <laughs> to start. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good starting sound. I like it. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to the Cascade at Sick Rock. Um, I am always... I'm your GM, Alex, joined by my devilishly handsome partner, Paul. And in the room, we have a whole cavalcade of amazing individuals. Everybody say hi. 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 I, if we want to go around the horn real quick, just uh, just to, to keep it going, and maybe you know by the, the fifth episode, I'll make you stop doing the song and dance. But uh, we'll start at the top with Bree, and then we'll work our way down that nice alphabetical list. Hello, I am Aubrey. I use she, her pronouns. I play Calliope. You can usually, if I'm not here, you can find me over on Gobbles of Gaze. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ian. Hi, I'm Ian. I run the Roll to Save podcast, and I play Tam the Charming Goblin. Nonat? I am Nonat Ones on YouTube.com slash Nonat Ones, and I am playing Barley Rider, the Halfling Champion. And Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan Mossparker. I play Poir, the lovable plant fucker. Uh, you can find me. Uh, you can find you can find me in lots of places. Uh, I am Run DMG on many social media channels, and I'm also the lovable, rambunctious necromancer necromancer of uh, Dice Populi. And strangely enough, you also fuck plants as a necromancer. That one's not really on theme. I think it just gives away a little more about you as a person. They say yeah. they say to take a piece of yourself <laughs> and put it into all of your characters, and I just want to be consistent. So it's you. You, who is the plant fucker, <laughs> not your characters. It's, it's more of like the royal I, we, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have saved countless villages. I have killed thousands of dragons, and I have humbled millions of demons. But you have an illegitimate child with one plant, and all they ever call you is plant, plant fucker. fucker. Yeah, it's the truth. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, just at the top, this is my first game back since having a child. I'm running off of three hours of sleep. So if things get really weird and slappy, I make no apologies. Uh, so yeah, the it last, usually gets like, weird and slappy anyways. The last like 30 minutes of this recording is just a baby screaming. Uh, just, just enjoy it. <laughs> just enjoy that little taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So my daughter does sound like a, uh, canned baby cry sound, which is hilarious. Uh, it's like. It's basically like the Wilhelm scream of baby sound. Oh, it's that classic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, 
like honestly, like I feel like I could record it and like sell it to uh, Foley Studios. It's like so on point. Um, and my wife and I, whenever she starts crying, we usually go stop being such a baby because ridiculing your child is a good way to start parenting from what I read in those parenting books. You got to yeah. establish dominance. Yes, right? Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> right from the start. <laughs> Necking uh, your baby, I've heard, is very important to their self-esteem. <laughs> nice legs. Work out much? <laughs> way to hold up your head like an idiot. Uh, you know, just constantly just chipping away. Do you want something besides milk? God, you're so boring. Constant just really digging in at her. Uh, Don't worry. It won't, take any, it won't take any effects until they're like 24. Yeah, yeah, right, and then uh, then I want to get all kinds of bills. Then uh, that's right psychology's so. problem, not yours. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but it is uh, it is going well. It is going good, uh, all things considered. I'm excited to get back to the mystery that is afoot. Let's have a little little wrap up, wrap 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 up of uh, where we are currently. Our brave adventurers heading south, part of this little caravan, hanging out, hired muscle for our good friend Bort. Now, Bort is a rather famed merchant, comes and goes through the region quite frequently. They stop off, go to visit the lost love of Poir, and find themselves toe-to-toe with the town bully. Now, that was strange, but stranger still, as they go into town, a bar fight breaks out due to no one's fault. Uh, except maybe the DMs. And as that fight breaks out and is then resolved, they all cheers and enjoy dessert. But oddly enough, there is treachery afoot as someone has seemingly poisoned our good friend Bort. Bort, we hardly knew ye. Now, you did manage to discover that it was some sort of interesting... Poison smelled floral. You found a vial of it. The kitchen smelled faintly of it. You tracked down several leads. As far as you could make out, the individuals that worked at the establishment, the feeding mill, were not to blame. You next went to a graveyard and talked to Sir Lauren. Sir Lauren spoke of the strange going-ons of Bort coming through town, seemingly dropping stuff off. He does not know what it is, though. Before he could say much else, uh, his delirium, his guilt over his lost friend or compatriot, Talmor, racked him once more as a bear burst forth from a stone mausoleum. As the bear basically almost killed all of you, uh, and then you Una reverse carded it and killed it instead, you found a resolution to what you needed to do. You either had to look into what goods Bort had been carrying with them, or talk to the farmer Elam, the only other person Sir Lauren was convinced may have some idea of where Finnick, the goblin that has mysteriously gone missing, might be. Here we sit, bloodied, some more than others, and as you spy just over the shoulder of that kindly old bear, uh, that's not right. Uh, he was not kindly. No. Um, of that <laughs> no. murdery old bear, you do see in the mausoleum behind him some shiny things. And everyone knows adventurers love shiny things. This is true. What do you all do? Are there we'll... band-aids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of uh, used up my one heel for y'all. Um, so if y'all come back tomorrow, I can I can help out a little bit. 
<laughs> just see, give see me you tomorrow. Give me a bit. I'm just gonna go uh, sit at the base of that tree for ten minutes and pray. And I would just like to go hold my wounds and refocus to get my lay on hands back. I was saying I, I will go check out whatever the shiny thing is because I'm fine. Yeah, I'm gonna check. Yeah, I'm fine too. So I'm gonna check out that shiny. I I have four hit points. I'm full hit points. I didn't even take a scratch during that. Same. poor. I'm just walking around. I, I kept moving For backwards. Sure. I'm just like more For space. Sure been on between me like eight and times. the bear. So yeah, you know, I, uh, I did my part. I did my time. So we know that um, Barley's gonna take ten minutes mm-hmm. to himself, get his lay on hands back. Uh, and we know that Calliope and Poir are going to go check out the mausoleum. What are Ulrich and Tam doing? Ulrich's doing pretty good on hit points because he got healed up by everybody, which is why they're <laughs> out of spells. <laughs> <laughs> More or less. Um, but I do, I do have uh, one casting of heal. So Tam um, will look imploringly and pathetically at Ulrich because. <laughs> Tam took a bit of a beating off the bear and could do with some tender loving care you, you were the one that did uh, charge in heroically and leap onto his back so, it's true I um, seem the right thing yeah. to do mate alright um, and he will toss you a heal Thank you very much, kind sir. Nine points of healing. Nine points of healing. Excellent. That's exactly what I need. So while everyone is either healing each other or healing themselves, uh, Poir and Calliope, you walk into this mausoleum. Uh, You see that it is mostly full uh, as part of, you know, the various uh, stone entrances where bodies would be laid to rest inside or sealed. One has been smashed open by the bear, uh, you kind of look at the shattered stones on the ground, um, and you notice first that it had no name on it, which is odd that they had a sealed area with no name. But you see that some things have spilled out onto the floor, and there are some things still inside of that area. You see what appears to be a rose-colored stone two fancy-looking sticks, a necklace, and a long sword, as well as 30 gold, 37 silver, and 84 copper pieces. Uh, I'm just gonna give a quick detect magic. You detect magic. Cool. From the two fancy-looking sticks, uh, the rose stone... And the necklace. Um, and for 2E, it is, I have to spend 10 minutes uh, with each thing with, like, appropriate um, arcana checks, I believe. Yep. I'll do, yeah, I'll uh, help out since there's a lot of items. Mm, I'll, I'll take yeah. an item and you can well, take well, an item. Yeah. Um, I will uh, start with uh, the necklace, I guess. My arcana. All right, go ahead and... Dodge. Roll me one arcana if it's good enough. I'll just roll it over. I like to do the good old fashioned yeah. roll over. Uh, and that is going to be an 18 from me for arcana. 18. Happily will give you all of them, especially with Poir there helping you. What you both discover is that you have a dusty rose aeon stone, Ooh. a wand of mage armor, okay. 
a wand of speak with animals. <laughs> uh, I will and slide pour the wand of speak with animals, and I will put the wand of mage armor in my bag. I'll, 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 I'll just give like a little wink, you know, just makes sense. <laughs> yep. A necklace of knives, Ooh. and you notice a rune on the side of the longsword. It is a plus one potency rune. Interesting. Okay. Do we know what a, you said it was a rose iron stone. Uh, do we know what that does? Why, yes, you do, especially with that little check of yours. So, a rose iron stone. Uh, it is, it allows you to cast the first level spell, shield, uh, cantrip as an arcane innate spell. Okay. Uh, surrounding yourself in pink energy. Uh, the resonance power, this is if you put it inside a wayfinder, which you don't have, but just so you know increases the damage prevented by your Aeon Stone's shield spell from 5 to 10. So okay. basically just gives you allows you to uh, cast shield. The necklace... Oh, and do we know what the ne- what a neck was a necklace of knives? What is so the do? necklace of knives is an interesting little thing. It has all of these different materials on it, and each one uh, seemingly made of different uh, like stone, wood, ivory, bone, like all of these different items... When you pluck one of those knives off, it grows to full size in your hand, and you have a dagger. You are never truly unarmed. And once you let go, that dagger falls to the ground and disappears after six seconds or so. Some might say one round. Who am I to argue? From that, you basically can produce any number of knives that you need. Oh, that's pretty slick. Until the necklace is out. Nope. Oh. The necklace never seems to run out. What? Yeah, okay. it's a it's a really great item. I've got one person in my game who uses it. Um, you know, and, I basically and, just did a good mm. Google and like, what are the, what are some cool ass items to have at level mm. one? Uh, that is so pretty. That's, that's that is pretty sick. Yeah. Um, and the just the longsword is just a is it a plus one striking or just a plus one? Uh, it is a plus one, uh, potency. So it's like mm. plus one to hit, plus one to str- uh, to damage. Just to hit, not the damage. Yeah, just. I mean, it's still pretty good at level one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, If nobody wants it, I suppose I'll take it. I mean, I I can't use it, so I will gladly uh, give it over to our paladin. Yeah, for sure. Actually, yeah. Am I the only one trained in martial weapons? I I believe so. I yeah, I can't remember what I can use, but yeah, no, I already have a magic item, Uh, so I'm uh, go for it. Okay. Tam. I don't know if Tam is Marshall. Is Tam a rogue? Simple. Yeah, he's good. Rogue and stuff. Yeah, simple. And then, uh, yeah, it's like I think rapier, short sword, and longbow, or something like that. So it's very specific ones. But I know longsword's not one of them. So uh, sure, I'm sure I'll find a a way to get some use out of it. Sounds like the lies barley would tell to get a longsword. Uh, it is important to note that the Necklace of Knives uh, usually uh, is only has access if you're a follower of Phrasma, but this one has uh, been deconsecrated, so it can be used by anyone who so chooses. Sick. Well, uh, would our uh, little goblin like a uh, Necklace of Knives? Well, oh, that sounds boy. great. I'll, I'll take that. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Get here. I think, I think you'd appreciate this line, Tam. Uh, as long as you wear it, you are never without a weapon. Or a crude surgical tool. 
which is the second line. I figured Orc you would enjoy that. Cutlery. <laughs> yeah, dog, yeah. dog surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> dog surgeon, horse surgeon, what have you. So for once, um, is that just a once a day? I, th- I think that's what I'm yep. seeing here. Okay. Yeah, I think sort it's, of. It that. is once a day. Uh, you can cast it on yourself. But and then, I believe you can try to cast it again, but there's a chance yep. it'll break. Yep. Exactly. You can gotcha. overcharge the wand. Uh, and overcharging that wand uh, allows a second use, uh, just like Nonat said. But if you do fail the check, it explodes and is useless. Mm-hmm. As, so. I, as I'm eyeing the wand, I'll be like, well, this could have been useful about, I don't know, like five seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only. Uh, and then it sounds like everything is claimed, save for that Aeon stone. I have to make sure not to say Ayun stone. Uh, <laughs> because it's the same thing, but mm-hmm. different words. Um, I was going to offer it up to Elric, if Elric wanted it. Mr. Guy that's always about to die, how do yeah. you feel about that? I was just going to say. <laughs> a free shield I mean, cantrip? I feel, I feel like, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the champion should probably take it, since he's yeah. kind of our fighter. I just well, keep putting myself I already in have a shield. Situations. He already yeah. has a shield. Yeah, so it gives you an item. Uh, a shield gives you an item bonus to your AC, I think. Mm-hmm. And I believe the shield spell does as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it basically would be canceled out by his shield. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, perfect. I will take it then. Perfect. Oh, it's a circumstance bonus. So it actually stacks would with your stack, regular shield. Uh, I believe. Um, if you'd so want. But you can use the shield block reaction with your magic shield. Uh, and the shield has uh, hard to five. Oh, no, sorry. But, so so shield, the spell is circumstance, but so is raising a shield, the item. Ah, okay. Mm. Oh, so that, that's go. right. Because if, if it was an item bonus, it wouldn't stack with your actual armor that you're wearing. Sweet. Uh, and just, you know, because we seem to keep getting in a lot of fights and stuff, I am just going to use that, that wand to just cast Mage Armor on myself. Because Mage Armor lasts until the next time I do my daily preparations. Hey. <laughs> hey. And that gives you a plus one item yep. boost to your AC, right? That's right. Perfect. So, uh, that divvied out exactly as I hoped it would. So, uh, awesome. <laughs> I was trying to give everyone a fun thing. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. You all have your new items. Ten minutes has gone by at this point, so a healing can be attempted with a healer's kit by someone if they so choose. I believe the only one that could have done that is Poir, but he was too busy helping with those magical items. You do have your lay on hands back. Yeah. Already, oh, I've already used it. <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, what do you all wish to do at this point? We should probably go check on Sir Lauren. Yeah, why the hell is she keeping a bear in here? That That's is a great one of question. The questions I'd like to ask, and um, as long as no one uh, opposes, Barley will walk back up and start knocking on Sir Lauren's door again. You knock on his door, and there is no response. Roll me a perception check, please. Ooh, a fourteen. <laughs> you only hear the sounds of soft sobs coming from inside, and you hear just the muttering over and over again of, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I'm sorry. Uh, just like repeating almost like a mantra uh, in between the heaving sobs. Uh, Barley will just turn around and say, whatever happened to this guy, it's uh, it's done some damage. He's, it just sounds like he's curled up in a ball in there. Yeah, emotional damage. <laughs> uh, often known as the hardest to fix. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Someone roll me a knowledge psychology. 
It was his parents all along. Ah, generational trauma again. They, they mocked him as a baby. Yeah. <laughs> they mocked him as a baby. Uh, and he failed his will save. Uh, my legs aren't chubby. You're chubby. It's, it was very odd. It certainly didn't seem like that was part of his plan. It just sounds like whatever happened to that bear got stuck in there and then busted out hearing you all talk. Because no doubt, uh, Sir Lauren, though he may be drunk, wandering around in a stupor, uh, it's probably fair to say that it's usually pretty quiet around here. And so you all, causing a little bit of a rabble-rouse, triggered the bear into trying to break out and get some food. Maybe we should try coming back tomorrow? Give him the night to sleep off the stupor? Give him the day, you mean, because it's like, what, noon? That's true. (laughs) Well, we had like two leads, right? We could go and check Mm -hmm. out what he was bringing into town, and there was a farmer that was supposed to know something about that too, right? Farmer Elam, yeah. Yeah. He's actually the one that started the bar fight. Mm. Well, I'm always partial to farmers. They got a lot of, you know, greenery, so I, I wouldn't mind heading over that way. <laughs> At least ask and, permission first. And I, no, I clean the man's pants. I'm owed certain things. <laughs> I, is that wow? Is, is that metaphorical or physical? No, I, I just want to talk up a cornstalk or something like that. You know? Oh, I meant you cleaning his pants. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's not metaphorical. It's actually, like, actually happened. I use prestidigitation. Oh, I was just wondering if that was just some strange phrase. Like, yeah, I cleaned the man's pants. Yeah, us Southerners, we, you know, yeah, I, I don't know what that would be referenced to. Yeah, clean his, like, cleaning his clock, I cleaned his pants. Everyone knows in Galarian, cleaning a man's pants means that you uh, stole cocaine from him. Uh, it's a very specific <laughs> idiom, but you all immediately suspect Poir of having... Some sort of nose candy problem. I mean, let's go. I love plants. If you look at my character like token, he does kind of look like somebody that would have a bit of a nose candy problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I do think the farmer is a very good idea because, I mean, if if that he was bringing something into town that you know, smuggling maybe something of the lines. I don't know if we would know what to look for. Yeah, what would you smuggle here? It's not like they really got a whole... I mean, besides, like, aquarium tanks? Like, I don't know what he could have been smuggling. And it's not like the sheriff isn't not corruptible. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he has laid down his life for this community for two weeks. Yeah, he's laid down his aquarium tank for this community. (laughs) Why don't we go and check Um, out the wagons and see if he's still got anything in there? That's another idea, is to go check the wagons we've come in on. Yeah. I mean, Though it has been overnight, so who knows if everything would still be there. Yeah. I mean, we can check the wagons, see see what's there, and then maybe we can double, we can, like, check with the farmer, see if the farmer knows anything. Mm. Uh, would the wagons be, like, on the way to the farm? Like, would it not be super- They would be. Okay. Uh, the, okay. So, more or less, the way this kind of breaks down is you're in the graveyard, which is, like, the west- outskirts of town and then to head towards the the fields at least where you'd assume he was the farming community um would be on the eastern side of town you know to the north are the dead homes um and then like the the middle kind of southern part is where most of the community now resides so if you wanted to check it out on the way you you could see at the very least to make sure that uh tamley didn't just you know duck out of town because if so that would be uh suspicious all right, let's go to the wagons then. Yeah, wagons. 
So you walk back to town. Um, what you find is that the feed mill is closed. Uh, you are not surprised by this. There's probably some traumatized people who are taking the data themselves. You do see, with slight relief, that the wagons are still there. Um, the person taking care of the horses is brushing them. They're all stalled. And the, dwa- the, sorry, the wagons don't look any different from last time that you had seen them. Even the insides? Uh, I mean, everything's kind of covered either with uh, a hood that you might sit inside or they're just like lashed down with this like tarpaulin to keep them from falling out. Uh, But it doesn't look immediately to your eye different. Like there's not a cart that is totally empty that was once full. Those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. At least that's what your general glance is. You probably have to look a little closer to actually see if anything is amiss or what's inside. As we start going through, I'll cast Mm -hmm. Detect Magic. Yeah, um, I'm going to help with Detect Magic as well, but also um, Calliope, you know, grew up in a circus and things like that, and, you know, you travel with the circus wagons, you eventually, you know, I imagine you find a bunch of uh, ways to hide things that may not necessarily be legal. Um, She's going to, you know, start doing the thing where you, like, knock uh, to see if she can find any hidden compartments. Uh, uh, Barley will try to distract, whether it's the, the twins or any of the other caravaneers who are there just so they don't see like calliope and them sniffing around so tamley is sitting out front uh she is a little bit uh beside herself like head in hands um not really looking not really paying attention but she is with an earshot of the wagons it seems like she's trying to work through and figure out what it is she should do uh but she is outside and she is close enough to the wagons Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down next to her and just start consoling and like just giving her an ear to talk to about the whole board situation. All right, so that's what uh, Barley's doing. A bit like Calliope, Tom is going to be using his thievery knowledge to scope out the wagons and look for secret compartments and general ne'er-do-well type setups. All right, and then Poir and uh, Mr. Fizzlebottom. I think Ulrich is also kind of sweeping Detect Magic over the area, too. Yeah, I'm going to be um, looking around with the with my Detect Magic, and I don't have any... I'm going to use my Druid knowledge to try and find any hidden compartments. Because <laughs> 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 we're all using our very particular background knowledge to any find hidden compartments. Any smuggling compartments. Uh it really works great for Tam and for Calliope, but for some <laughs> reason, Poir, your druidic knowledge helps you in no specific way the uh, for finding these compartments. They don't seem to be helpful. Uh, so as the four of you kind of look around the cart, I need each of you to roll me a stealth check. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this in a bit of a way. So what we'll do <clears throat> is I want our good friend, Barley, to roll me... A diplomacy check. What I'm going to do is whatever the diplomacy check looks like, I'll add it to lower the perception roll of Tam Lee, as if she's inside of a good conversation. But if one of you does particularly poorly, she may catch notice. No pressure, right. Bali. Uh, I really can't wait until level two or three, whichever one's a skill increase, so I can actually get diplomacy. That's a five. Hero point? <laughs> hero right. point? Yeah, uh, hero yeah, point. yeah, I'll hero point that. Let's do it. Let's do it. My one for the session. Surely that won't bite me in combat later. 
Uh, that's a 16. Okay, no, oh, that's, that's a good, good hero point. Let's go. There you go. All right. Yeah, so uh, you do manage to engage her in conversation. If anything, uh, as you speak with her, what do you say? How, how do you approach her? Uh, he's definitely going to sit down and just kind of give one of those, it's, um, it's a real shame about Bort, huh? It's, um, I know it's never easy to lose someone. I, um, I, I can't say I've, I've lost someone myself, but it, it's something that's at the forefront of my mind. Uh, I, I haven't been home in, in, in months, and I left my, my sister and my mom there. And, uh, you know, I'm always thinking about them. Um, how, how well did you know Bort? How long had you been, been part of his caravan? I've known Bort for... Hang on, i got to find it again. It's been a while. Hang on. Channeling Ian. Channeling Ian. Scotland, Scotland. Edinburgh. Glasgow. Hello, Didi. <laughs> Which part of Ireland Did you hear about Deborah? She married... Did you hear about Deborah? She got murdered over some dog mascots? There we go. I found it. No, you've uh, not. You've really <laughs> not. <laughs> no, you've not. There we go. There, that's... there. Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, I don't... I feel like I'm getting, going southern. <laughs> uh, well, God, well, well. You know, it's it's been some time that I've been with him, and he's always been good to me. To be honest with ya, I've been with him for what seems like a lifetime. Two weeks. <laughs> Two long weeks. <laughs> no, uh, but honestly, it's, I've been with him for years, and I don't think I'm ready to be in charge of this. This caravan of courage. Will it be fallen to you, then? All the responsibilities. I... I don't even know. I suppose, uh... I could. But if I'm honest with you, I would have to check his papers. He didn't leave much in the way of creed or will. So whatever journals or formal agreements he has... I assume they'd be the first things to to be assigned and then I'd be left whatever might be left behind. What are the logistics? Who's, whose job is it to look into those if he didn't leave a will or any instruction? <laughs> I suppose... I suppose it's mine. Well, if you need any help uh, looking it over or what have you, I've got at least a little bit of uh, societal information, as it were. Um, I'd be willing to, to help you, even if it's just for moral support. I know it, it won't be easy. With that 16, and with your kind, obliging way, you watch as Tamley reaches into her pocket and pulls out a key, hands it to you. Honestly, I, I don't think I can look through his things. Be too painful. Please, take this. There's a lockbox in the back of his cart things inside we have free free run of everything see what it is he's left behind let me know what it is i i must do that's uh that's incredibly trusting tamley thank you i i promise not to let it go to waste um i've known you for half a lifetime (laughs) (laughs) one week (laughs) so i trust you as far as that well fair enough i suppose I'll, uh, I'll transcribe it down onto a separate piece of paper. That way you can have some record of what's to be done. Okay? She kind of nods and, and turns her head away. Just let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. 
And uh, Barley will stand up and go looking for that lockbox, praying that was enough time for everyone to do their sneaky stuff. Um, as everyone's looking around, what you all find, especially while sensing some magic, is that there are a number of minor magical trinkets uh, in here, like things solely done for posterity, mm. like small stones. When you flip them over, they seem to project an image. Uh, something when you shake a sphere, it has swirling smoke inside that changes color. Like oddities and uh, little tchotchkes that he may have sold uh, or even given away to children who came by and listened to his over-the-top stories. In addition, you find other bewildering assortments of odds and ends, including a bottle with a tiny skull floating in oil, a taxidermic dragon whelp, a mummified owlbear paw, a uh, shining crystal that holds the, illusion- the illusionary image of a mountain peak inside. As you keep looking through, there isn't much to it, but you do notice in what was the rearmost cart are 14 barrels that have been lashed down with a tarpaulin. Just from looking underneath without removing the tarpaulin, you see two, six, eight, 12. Those numbers etched on the side rather crudely with a knife. Barley, as you go to the lockbox and you unlock it, you find a number of things inside of it. First, you find that there are several books. These are large, and they are filled to the brim with details about his travels and transactions over many years. At least that's what you get from your initial uh, look over. To find or glean anything else, uh, you can hand it out to everybody. It will take you all about four hours, though, to go through his records in detail. And I will need some rolls. So, either you have to roll a society check, or if you can convince me of a lore, you can roll that lore check instead to try and decipher uh, what it is that is going on here. I have Lore Cult. Was born. <laughs> I have Lore uh, Circus. <laughs> was born in the circus. Um, uh, he was in a cult circus. Mm. So you're both in luck. Perfect. I have Lore Herbology. So maybe there's talk of mm. interesting plants and such in this book. Valuable plants. So actually, Ooh. Lore Herbology does apply. Lore broke bad. I have lore underworld. Marijuana dealer. Yeah. Lore underworld would also apply. All right, should I go ahead and roll my lore? I thought you meant that he just lived underground (laughs) and that he was a mole person. Never mind. (laughs) No, it's it's the movie. It's the movie. Yeah, it's the movie underworld. Underworld, Underworld, yeah. (laughs) Sexy vampires and sexy werewolves. And also Michael Sheehan for some reason. Boy, mate, there's a (laughs) lot in here about skin tight body suits. I'm a werewolf. I'm Michael Sheehan. <laughs> um, anyway, so I will allow. So, who has society? Right here. Uh, I do. Line. I have society. Perfect. Awesome. So, uh, the three of you can roll society, and then lore herbology and lore underworld will work, or you can roll society, whichever is the better. And then you all just kind of give me some numbers here. You can also roll to aid. You can still do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, cool. my, is mine isn't, like, incredibly high, so I think I will roll to aid. Uh, and that adds a plus two? It plus one, a, unless plus you one. succeed. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, 
All right, so who's going to roll to aid and who are they aiding? You all can metagamingly talk <laughs> out loud. I'll allow this. this Meaning already time rolled, and we yeah, got we the exact same number. So yeah. I also rolled and got a 12. Uh, I am gonna. I had not rolled to aid yet because I was gonna ask, like, "Hey, I only have a plus four. To, I only have a four to society, so I was gonna see if I can just aid." Oh, I only had a plus three. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what is the DC for aid again? Is it twenty? Uh, I always forget. I think it's yeah. Flat DC is either twenty or fifteen. Let me see. It was ten and twenty. It's pretty low, I believe. Uh, I don't know. It's as typical DC is twenty, but GM can adjust it. Yeah. Yeah, to fifteen's fine. Fifteen is fine. So okay, I got a sixteen. So whoever gets a whoever I'm whoever I am aiding gets a plus one. Ulrich, what's your uh, total now? They have a plus two because you're the only one that hasn't rolled. Uh, yeah, I haven't rolled. I have a plus four to society. So Same as me. Plus six. <laughs> All right, plus six. there you go. Let's do it. It's a twelve on the die, so that's a eighteen. DC. 18. Is it really? Oh, yeah, man. which is hilarious. Two 17s. 17. <laughs> it was gut-wrenching to see you all just, <laughs> so just throw around things. Oh my but luckily, though he was not in a cult-like circus, uh, for some reason, Calliope and Ulrich are the ones that managed to, to figure it out. As you're all going through, uh, due to the bloviated nature of how Bort presented himself, a lot of what he said and how he said it is expounded upon on the page. Uh, you're not entirely sure what is true and what is not. And in his own hand, some of the stories seem fantastical, to say the least. However, there is a part that is not so fantastical. His ledger, specifically, with the number of times he's visited a place, what he delivered for how much, is fastidious, to say the least. Because he was not able to insert his own sense of hyperinflated ego into it, it seems to be the best way for you to tell what has, what has happened in the time. From what you can tell, he's been to Etrin's Folly no less than 22 times. And over this, what appears to be five-year span, uh, he kept making a merchant delivery of something called reagents. What's odd on these reagent deliveries that you see in no small hand, a full first name, last name, address, things of that nature but on those lines and the reason they jumped out to you is that it only had a single letter h that and nothing else you notice that these deliveries are numbered starting with one and ending with the delivery number of 14 which occurred the day the caravan arrived in town and that is what you have found so number 14 is to is this delivery it would seem so is there anything corresponding with the day we arrived in town? Yes. 14. The, um, the last, does, the last Do any one. of these things say what's what's in these? It solely says reagents. Interesting. Um, I kind of want to see if I can crack one open. And get yeah, a we look should inside. check out. We should, we should definitely check out some of these here barrels. Mm -hmm. Also, not to just throw suspicion on coincidence, but the only person we've met in town with an H in their name is Halid, the half-orc with the tree. Interesting. He's a human. His his best friend is a half orc who originally stopped you. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then luckily Hallad showed up. Oh, yep. Hallad. Um, yeah. We should. His, his best friend uh, James uh, stopped you initially. <laughs> we should definitely James, waterboard Hallad and get to the bottom of this. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> I just cast create water over yeah, and over again. Exactly. 
Well, ha- grab, what, grab so what would be tarps. the best way to get like a sample from inside one of these barrels to figure out what it might be? Mm-hmm. You can certainly try to crack one open. You can yeah, also I'm, not old-timey. I'm not old timey. I'm not old timey. We can always just ask Tamley. Tamley's trusted me enough with this, and this is seeming to line up kind of sketchily. Yeah, I mean, if, t- if Tamley can just tell us what's in it, we don't even have to crack one open. Barley, as you go through, because your eyes are focused a little differently, which is mm-hmm. probably why you did so poorly <laughs> on your actual society check. Barley because you're glasses. not trying to... You're, well, he's not trying to figure out what's going on with Bort's books. His eyes are just flicking over but last rites, last wills, last testaments, whatever, whatever he can find, and that's why his hands fly too fast to pay any attention. He does find a letter oh. penned to Tamley. Um, you notice... It at first because it's on letterhead, which is odd because most of these are jumbled pages that are hastily written on, and this one seems more official. At the bottom is a wax seal with a ribbon. You don't know what the wax seal is, um, but you take your time to read over the page, and it, and it says to Tamley, if this ever finds its way into your hands, know that you were the only person I ever trusted, the only person... I ever cared for truly, and the only person who called me rightly on my shit. I'm sorry to leave you in this world alone, but whatever was mine is now yours as recompense for my early departure. And it just says the very bottom, B. Oh. Well, uh, this definitely needs to get handed over. Which means, at the end of the day, what's going on Useless. here... tears it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which means whatever's going on here at the end of the day is really Tamley's final say. Whether legal or not, or whether it has anything to do with Bort's untimely demise, it's really Tamley's call. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. So are we okay with showing this to Tamley and getting them involved? Well, maybe we, you know, are we done investigating? Because you can always, you know, investigate first and then tell them uh, it just that feels, all of this stuff is theirs. It just feels wrong because legally it is theirs right now. And we would be... Yeah, well, it's steep. not really theirs. It's not really theirs until they know it's for sure theirs. So, I mean, I, we're, I think we're in a very moral gray area right now. Trust. Poir prestidigitations Tamley's name into Poir's name <laughs> on the writ. <laughs> and it's like, oh, look, it's mine. It just Alex, what are the tops of these barrels sealed with? Are there any corks or is it a wax seal? How are they? You actually can't see the tops of the barrels. They're still covered by the tarpaulin. What oh, if I crawl under the tarpaulin? The uh, I will need you to roll me a stealth check because that will cause... Looking through the lockbox mm. didn't draw much attention uh, from Tamley because you were given permission to. And, like, walking around the outside of the carts didn't either. But to, like, directly interfere with the cargo may mm. raise some eyebrows. So if you could roll me I a, may a use a hero point because that was a dreadful roll for me because I'm actually quite good at Quick, this someone go talk to Tamley. <laughs> um, how oh. about I walk over and talk to Tamley? And as long as there's no signs of entry by the time we get back... Everything's good, okay? And Barley will kind of wink at Poir. Or, I mean, I'm honestly said that we should, you should wait on that, because what, what if he's involved? Or what if she's involved? Well, what's the purpose for us to get involved? If we can find out, and if Tamley is involved, then we have proof. And we still have the control over the entire situation. 
if they're smuggling something they shouldn't be and Tamley's already aware, then they'll know that we know that they know, you know? Yeah, then but that <laughs> you don't want them to know that we know though. But we already know that they'll know. What? But what if what if <laughs> They don't know that we don't know that we don't know. I'm just saying maybe have a long conversation and keep keep that at the end so you give us a chance Mm. to to bask in this moral gray area right now. To to bask in the moral gray area that is uh, breaking and entering onto this person's rightful uh, property. Barley's going to take a deep breath and just say, you've got five minutes. I'll stretch it out as long as I can. All right, and ten letter, minutes. Letter in, <laughs> he's letter start in hand. <laughs> Barley's going to head back to Tamley, and and Barley's specifically going to start telling Tamley things, but saving the the letter for last. Like, okay, here's this thing. We found these records that indicate this. We found that he's bent uh, the folly twenty two times, and just stretch that description out as long as I can. And finally, after right. like five minutes, handing it over. Roll me a diplomacy check with Another a plus one? four okay. <laughs> uh, added as a as a bonus, circumstance bonus, due to the fact that she asked you to do all this and you're taking your time to go through it. So she is more engrossed. It's not a random thing you're coming up to talk to her about. It's something she asked you specifically to do. Cool. With a, so add that plus four. With the extra plus four, it's a 17. A 17. All right, Tam. Yes. I need you to roll me a stealth check, please. I already did roll it. I'll be very honest with you. And I got a 13. Uh, but then you use the hero point, did you not? And then I get a 10. <laughs> so it is a 10. <laughs> because hero points allow you to re-roll, but then you have to take the second result. Um, so here we go. She rolled an 8. And <sighs> with that distraction so provided by Barley, she makes no notice of you going under hmm. the tarpaulin and checking the barrels. Tam, you move from one barrel to the next, smelling it as you do, probably licking it, uh, maybe even like scratching at the wood and tasting it because you're kind of weird. Yep. Uh, these barrels seem fresh, almost newly coopered. Uh, they have no sense of anything to them. They don't seem like they've been wet. They're not warped. The iron rings on them are yet to rust. Uh, they all seem brand new. This is odd to you because you know for a fact that the barrels that came down with you were n- maybe not brand new, but a week in the back of a cart, would provide some wear and tear, especially after all the rain you saw. These ones look brand spanking new. Mm. And how, how are they sealed? Uh, they are just sealed on the top with some wood. With some slatted wood. Okay. Tam will wriggle out then and go back to the group. Right, folks. There's a load of barrels under there, and they know the barrels we brought into town with us. He's got new barrels from someone. So, someone... So the exchange has already happened, and... Aye. So maybe the person he did the exchange with probably wasn't the person to murder him. Aye, I think we should go and speak to old H and see uh, what's been going Tam, on. Tam, roll me one last roll. Can you roll me a perception check, please? Perception... You said some of the barrels we saw had numbers etched into them. Yeah, it was 2, mm-hmm. 6, 8, and 12. I yep. got a yeah. 19, Alex. It's 19. So while you were knocking on the sides of them like a cat trying to sharpen his claws, you noticed that they did sound suspiciously hollow. Mm. Um, as you flitted around as well, you counted 12 barrels in total, corresponding at the very least to the number that has been etched into the side of them. So barrels, one, 
through 12. 1 through gotcha. 12, okay. And they're empty. I see. So like the they sound, they sounded the, empty. So the, the milkman on the return run taking the empties back with them. Maybe. Well, I mean, we nice if we could figure out what was in there. Maybe, you know, he, you know, Barley's talking I mean, that. Barley's talking. Maybe we could, maybe you know, break can, one open real quick and I see mean, what's inside. I mean, I've got, a, I've got a dagger. I can probably, like, get up under pry and just, like, see if there's, like, any residue or anything in there. Sounds like a good idea, Calpi. Tam will very proudly pull one of the daggers off his necklace and hand it to you. Just to see if it works. So you don't, don't have to get your own dagger dirty. Alright, I'm going to roll a d8 to see what the dagger is made out of. Uh, this one, roll the four, made out of bone. Oh. oh. Should still be good. It just breaks. Yeah. <laughs> it's robust. Bone is robust. There you go. as a quality bone dagger for you. Go get stuck into that barrel. Well, uh, you know, I, I will take my time and, uh, you know sort of probably the closest one to the end uh you know pull up the the tarp and see if i can just leverage that uh that top off i need you to make me two rolls uh-huh first a stealth roll mm-hmm. and then a strength roll it's uh, not a very high one but i just want to make sure that to are, we, are we like maybe uh yeah i see can we eat calliope so i was thinking i'll let one of you aid to aid this uh, but Oh, go ahead. I was. Just, I'll let one of you aid, mm. but I need a good reason. I'm going or, to or take a good justification. I'm going to take my son out of my pocket, and I'm going to whisper to him, "All right, now I, <laughs> I know I usually tell you shut up and stuff, but what I need you to do is I need you to go maybe 20 feet in front of here, and I need need you to make a ruckus, like as much sound as you can. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you go. You, you understand me? Hmm. And then what would I? Uh, is that you, is that a good enough reason letting my <laughs> obnoxious loud son just roam free to cover the noise? <laughs> I'll allow this one time uh, as a as a clear distraction that this weird humanoid plant like leshy uh, flies away uh, and certainly captures Tamley's mm. attention. I mean, I will forgo the stealth check. Oh, I mean, I rolled a 22 uh, for my stealth check. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, let me use that. I rolled well. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, well, it was a good ploy, but Calliope certainly didn't need mm-hmm. it. Um, if anything, uh, as <laughs> your son flies back to you, it now has the negative implication of Tamley being a little suspicious as to what was that uh, and what's going on over there. Uh, Clypey, if you could roll me a strength check, please. Um, strength check, just add my strength mod, proficiency. Yep. yep. Are you famously strong? So just, uh, just an athletics check? Uh, I'm going to do like straight strength. Okay. So whatever. Can I, can I cast guidance to give him a plus one? Absolutely you can. Okay. I will do that. Um... And I add my proficiency bonus as well. Um, yes, okay. we'll go with that. I am going to use my hero points on that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a one. It's one of those days. Oh. <laughs> the bone dagger breaks. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's in my eyes. Um, so that'll be an eighteen with my proficiency and the plus one. Yeah, you you easily manage to to get it open. You look inside. You see pristine slats inside mm. the barrel, untainted by anything. Uh, you are certain now that these barrels have never been used, um, provided certainly uh, for a purpose, but have yet to been fulfilled and returned for that purpose. So all this is going on, Tamley has caught wind, especially with that leshy flying around, uh, seemingly needlessly, because uh, Calliope moved much like a whisper. What's going on over here? Oh, so- sorry, kids. You, they're, they're hard to contain sometimes. Seriously, Tommy, this wee bastard he carries about with him, he's an absolute bloody nightmare. He just got out there and flew off. You probably yeah, saw what him are we doing? Past. Shut up, kid. You... You're getting stabbed if you do that again. You're blue. Oh, that's cool. You're going to get snow. See what I mean, Tamley? That, that thing does your head in, man. You're listening to that all the time. <sighs> all right. If y'all could just leave me to my rest, I... It seems to be mine now, and if that's the case, I should watch over it. I appreciate your help, but I I need some time to myself. B- before we leave, I do have to ask really quickly, Do you, what do you know about the barrels? Aye, aye. She scratches her chin for a second. You know, I never asked. Bortwood... Take his time, say he was going to go check on something, and usually take the barrels away and come back. I didn't think much of it because it always returned the same. Why? Well, these were not the barrels we came here with. They're brand new. They've never had anything in them. Uh, that's, and it seems to be that, the... That's nonsense. That can't, that can't be right. I will show her the barrel I have opened. Tamley walks by and, like, immediately looking at, like, the unsodden slats mm-hmm. and everything. She's, like, her eyes open wide. Those aren't, those aren't the barrels that we brought. No. I would know. I, I loaded them up. I was in charge of them. Uh, do, do, do you happen to know what might have been in them? Uh, no idea. I, I was only in charge of making sure the stock was there when we left. Mm. Did they feel like... Set up camp. I mean, the barrels, so it's probably a liquid of some kind. That's, that's, that's fair. I, I don't know, rightfully. When we got into town, so it's either this is... Someone has either done... I don't think they would have done this and killed Bort. But... I mean, he always took that cart. And always came back with it. So... If your hypothesis is correct, he may well have been making deliveries without my know-how, without my knowledge. Can we see if we can track, like, the wheels? No, there's no way. Especially because no. it's been almost a day at this point. The, it's a rainy The insides area of town. Too. Yeah. It's too sodden, too marked. Okay. You wouldn't be able to track it. Right, how about we go and see that farmer guy? The one with the trousers that... Poir seems to have a thing for. Why do we go and see him, ask him some questions? That might be the best idea. Yeah. Just perhaps get some more information on where these barrels could have been or where they came from. Uh, so you all head down uh, after four hours. So it's 
getting it's it's a nice golden hour, I'll say. Maybe like around seven. Uh, the sun. You hold your fingers up to the skyline about three fingers or so before it sets. Good forty-five minutes. As you walk up to Farmer Elam's abode. How does that convert into gnome fingers? Uh, time? So for gnome fingers, so for everybody but Calliope, it's six fingers. Uh, for Calliope, it's three <laughs> fingers. Because Calliope is the only one that's not a weird, short, halfling our, goblin thing. Our arms thing. are also shorter, too, and our fingers are thinner. So let's... Yeah. For the for the skyscraper, it's a different time frame. But for the shorts, I guess you know it's what? It's time. high noon. <laughs> you you couldn't possibly measure it with your fingers if you tried. Ah, uh, yes, the uh, now reliable five three skyscraper. <laughs> hey, that everyone is remembers. Anyways, there you are at Farmer Elam's. As the sun is getting close to setting, a nice golden hour. Uh, you all enter from the northwestern corner, exactly where our Called good friend Barley is set up. <laughs> You did. Well done. He's sitting there uh, rocking back and forth on a rocking chair. I know, surprising. Uh, As he rocks back and forth, you can see him putting his thumb up to the sky and then like looking down at his feet. You see a yet uncracked bottle of what appears to be some sort of clear liquid. He seems to be counting the moments before he can break into it. <laughs> Seems like he has a self uh, implied rule. No, what is what am I looking for here? Self imposed. Imposed. Thank you. He has a self imposed rule. Um, and he keeps doing it every couple of minutes as you all walk up and look around. The farm is not in the worst shape, but it's not in great shape. The thatching on the roof of his home is in disrepair. Uh, some major holes here and there. Most of his crop is alive, but you do notice the pumpkin field to the west, half of them were smashed or rotted. The corn field in the middle uh, is standing, uh, though it looks yellowed, which is odd because it's not harvest time. And then finally, the cabbage field uh, to the east looks probably in the best shape. Um, at the cabbages slowly growing in. He has some pigs they look like they're in good shape as far as them being fat and fetid, but uh, certainly the smell of muck is much stronger than it ought to be. As you walk up, you manage to pull his attention from the skyline, and he sees you. Oh, uh, looks like you made it. I, I don't remember. I think it was English, so let's see if I can do an English accent. Oh, heavens. It seems you made it here. You see, I'm quite debonair when I haven't been uh, uh, drinking or partaking in, in the drink. Welcome to my farm. I am Farmer Ilm. How are you all? Hey, buddy. How's the pants treating you? You know what? I have not had such a clean pair of pants in all my days. I never say that your prestidigitating has caused me to become quite the talk amongst town because it drew such attention to truly how disgusting the rest of my outfit was in comparison to these absolutely pristine pants. My yellowed shirt, my hold-covered hat, my shoeless feet. They were like, those beautiful white pants make you look like a ne'er-do-well. And so I have you to blame, if only for my uh, fall in societal standards. And to be fair, I was already pretty close to the bottom. Well, to be fair, I mean, that sounds like a lot of you problem. But I can clean up your shirt. I can't do nothing about the shoes, though. Uh, Poir, where are you on the map? Uh, are you speaking ethereally from a heaven? Oh, I've, Who is oh, it? God? I keep on forgetting that I have to place myself. Uh, that's my bad. Yeah, pause with the pumpkins. 
<laughs> I am the pumpkins. Um, well, you see, it is important, at least for me to know, that uh, I do appreciate what you were doing, especially bringing me down from my rather fighty attitude. So uh, it is good to see you again, yeah, it's I will say, I, at the very least. I'm going to go ahead and press it to change his shirt. Oh, my! And now he has, like, besodden pants on. He goes, good! On time for me to once more walk through the community, and they can once more notice other parts of my wardrobe besodden. Right, fine, fine, and I'll do the pants, too. <laughs> now, but you owe me. You owe me, like, you owe me three very powerful spells worth of information, though. You sound like that goblin. What? what wait, which goblin? Well, Finnick, of course. Wait, so Finnick, what would he say to you that may sound so familiar to me? He does errands for me while I am indisposed in the morning due to unforeseen circumstances. Was, was, and he... Was he around this morning? I... Uh, maybe. I can't remember. It seems fuzzy. I'm not sure why. I, I couldn't possibly begin to uh, think as to uh, why my memory is shoddy. But could be. Could be. Do you know, could still be here. Do you know where he lives? We were, we were, I would want to talk to him. He, he seems like a good chap, and evidently we're very similar in our mannerism. Well, let me think, 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 think. Well, there is a shrine just outside of town. I do know that he... He he likes to to set up shop there. Uh, he believes that the the good graces of the gods uh, can, at the very least, uh, shine upon him some fortune while he rests in the wide open. Didn't I hear uh, he that he took up residence all over town, including at this farm now and again? Oh no! Yes, 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 yes. yes. I mean, he could still be here. He could be in the pumpkin patch sleeping. Uh, he sometimes. Uh, when I am unable to pay him back because of my uh, accounts being less than liquid, or sometimes nothing but, am I right? Ho, 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 ho. I have a serious <laughs> problem. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let him gorge himself on, on the pumpkin. Pardon me, you're, in... you're making this goblin do errands for you with promise of payment and then not paying him? I always pay my due. Be it in coin or be it in an agricultural stock, once I gave him this incredibly clean pair of pants that was gifted to me by a halfling. It looks just like him, and he points at Poir. Yeah, that that sounds. So for a farmer, I'm just going to come out and say it. Your farm is looking a little. Uh, how, what's the word for it? Uh, shit. I'm just going. I'm just going to. I'm, gonna be, I'm, I'm not going to blunt that at all. That's fair. Well, to be fair, it's Finnick's job to take care of the farm while I am uh, meditating uh, in in a deep, restful state inside my home so during the hours of It's kind of fair nine, to say that Finnick five. is the farmer and you're just more of a, I guess, drinker? I am the proprietor of this stand. He could still be in the fields working again. I don't know. If not, he's probably at that, that uh, what you call it, uh, shrine I mean, he could be inside the barn of another farmer. I know he does odd jobs here and there. Lord knows he showed up of his own accord. I did not contract with him. I never filled out a 1099 on his behalf. <laughs> so uh, I, I owe him nothing. He is doing gig work for me, and I do not provide him health care. 
Can I, can I roll insight on this guy, specifically when he was sort of, like, stuttering that he didn't know where Finnick was? Yeah, go ahead. I also want to just sort of, like, take a look out over the fields, because you say that, was it the pumpkins he that were? There. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh! So, Calliope, Ooh. roll me a perception. Mm. Nat 20 on my insight. He is certainly withholding something. Sir, uh, you are certainly withholding something. <laughs> I am certainly withholding something. I see you're quite insightful. Uh, I have a natural perception. So he says this. Uh, Barley turns to him and goes, you're withholding something. He goes, I am not telling you the whole truth. In haste, I am not a well man. You see, I'm addicted to gambling. Uh, and also the ponies. But... Um, and as he's saying this, clearly trying to spin a yarn and distract you, Calliope, you see in the far part of the pumpkin patch something rustling through it, right down towards like the middle southern portion. And it seems to be moving around. It seems to be just below eyeline, caught inside the vines of these rather large pumpkins. Think uh, Prisoner of Azkaban big-ass pumpkins where Buckbeak's hanging out. Oh, so the pumpkins, they look fine? They look, you know, healthy and stuff? Uh, Some of them do look healthy. Some of them do look like they've been plucked off Mm -hmm. the vine. Some of them have been smashed. It's like a whole, like, sort. But there is something moving in that field. Uh, Silently, I just want to, like, nudge whoever is next to me uh, and then just sort of point out where, uh, like, what I'm seeing. We'll say that's Poir, so you, you'll hit Poir in the ribs, um, and he'll oh, stop. More like my face. Doing what he does. <laughs> oh, right, that's fair. Right, right in the eyes. She knees him in the back. <laughs> Still used to, like, normal-sized people. She just does, like, yeah. a mid-drift-sized nudge, and it knocks me right in the ear. Hey, no, that, you that, take that's 10 points of lethal damage uh, <laughs> from her unbelievable elbow, her flurry of blows. Um, right, and so Calliope mm-hmm. nudges you. I'll see. Uh, I'll look into the the mess and try to see if I can clock what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a lower. I'm it's it's less low for me. It's it's more my eye line. Hmm. Her drawing your attention um, at a plus four to your perception because she's maybe like whispering like there's something out there Ooh, like those kinds of things. I do have a thing. Keen eyes. I gain a two, plus two circumstance bonus when using the seek action to find hidden or undetected creatures. With, is it within thirty feet? I guess. Yes, it is, I would Ooh. say. Uh, that's concealed. That's a 23 plus all the extra bonuses. So you clock it just the same as Calliope. There's something moving inside the fields. Uh, Barley, as we go back to you, uh, Farmer Elam keeps jumping from subject to subject, and then he kind of gets deflated. Okay. The truth is, Finnick comes here every night. He may still be here. I woke up 15 minutes ago saw the sun had not yet set and due to my own self-imposed codes of morality I am waiting so that I may once more imbibe but it is not for me to care if he is here or otherwise you have free reign to see if he is on the grounds otherwise leave me be and he does frequent this shrine you mentioned that's something of the truth it's what he's told me, at least. I don't know. 
And what of the bar fight? Get the fight? sense that. What of the bar fight? Why would he flee, and why would you start the fight? Oh, bar fights. I start fights. I get in fights most nights. I mean, this town's boring. Uh, without a, few, a little rough housing, what would we do? What would we watch? Not like there's horse racing around. Maybe we could go watch the houses slowly collapse under their own weight because of them being destitute. Uh, you don't really have a lot of, of uh, entertainment. I mean, you got pigs. Spots. You ever try to, you know, pig racing or something? I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that, and I was worried there for a second. <laughs> um, but as, as this conversation is going on, uh, I want to sort of stealthily approach the pumpkin field. I think I'm going to okay. join in as well. All right. So go ahead and move your tokens where you would like them to be. Uh, the last movement that you and Barley both, sorry, not you and Poir both saw, were right around here. Maybe we'll do like a little bit of a pincer. Yeah. So as you and Calliope move in, so put your tokens. Calliope, you can move your token around there, and Poir, you can move your token around here if you'd mm. like, as you pincer. As you move in, you hear... <laughs> and out of the pumpkins... A wild boar oh, no. <laughs> pops out and lowers his head to charge. Oh, man. Uh, it's a feral wild hog. So, I'll say you and Calliope <laughs> can choose to roll stealth or perception as you were sneaking up on it. Um, everyone else has to roll perception uh, for their initiative as you are now fighting a wild hog. Oh, no. <laughs> 30 to 50. Oh my god, it's that movie yeah, with Tim Allen. I was about to make a joke to that extent, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, I will use uh, I will use stealth because it's a better uh, better for me. Ooh, that is none too good. Oh. Uh, let's go around. Oh, maybe it's not so bad. Let's go around. Tam, what did you roll? I rolled a 27. Damn. Poir? Rolled a 16. Calliope. I rolled a 13. Barley Rider. 13. And Ulrich Fizzlebottom. 12. Perfect. So, it is now going to be our good friend Tam's turn, as he is first in the order, but you see the boar ready to jump into action. You hear this ear-piercing squeal as this boar makes itself known in the field. Tam, what do you do? Well, while all of that was going on, Tam was actually going to be sneaking around the house to see if there was any way in. Is there any way into the house? Uh, yeah, there was a couple of ways in the house. So you can put yourself in the house uh, if you'd like. Um, it will require extra movement to get out of the house, unfortunately. That's, um, that's fine. I'm going to have a little route around while this is going on. <laughs> Confident that my compadres can handle a pig. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what do you do? Um, I'm going to root around, excuse the pun, uh, pig-related pun, but to look and see if there's anything incriminating here, anything that could link him to what we've been looking into with the barrels or anything bot-related, just general. Roll me a perception. Could I roll thievery instead? Explain to me why. Because if there is something there, I fully intend to take it with me. And it doesn't belong to me. 
You know what? Let's just do that because it seems fun. Roll me a thievery as you skulk about. 18. 18. You are immediately hit by this terrible stench as you enter the house. Um, the worn thatching on the roof of the house has given way to a great amount of water that has waterlogged most of the wooden boards that make up the floor. In addition to a number of bottles that make up for what seems to be uh, the contents of this home, they are not only empty, but some have been refilled with certain liquids that you may not wish to imagine the contents (laughs) of. You notice that a rough hayed mattress has been made and held together by some linen. The linen is worn through uh, and terribly stained. There is nothing in this house that seems to you to indicate that uh, there are barrels of things that may be hidden elsewhere, as this man is living very much by the fingertips of his own existence, caring little for his own care, and perhaps only being held together by Finnick's own hands. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So I'll say that's... Is, the, is perceiving an action? Is that a free action? How does that work? Uh, seeking, seeking is an action. Yes. All right. So I'll be, I'll be your first action. So, uh, what would you like to do next, Tim? I'm gonna climb back out. All right. So I'm gonna say that it eats up. It's like difficult terrain. It'll eat up just an additional five feet of movement to get outside. Okay. So it'll be ten feet to move in that next square. Okay. And how much have I got in total? I think for you it's twenty. Okay. Right. So move next to Fizzy. And I think that's me, isn't it? Uh, that's one stride, so you have one more action. Okay, well, I will move further down. Right, 15, 20. There we go. Well, at least you can mark them off your list. Good news there. It is now the boar's turn, not to bore you. Um, <laughs> I, I don't understand that. Can you explain the joke to me? So the joke is, normally, uh, in a situation where someone overexplains content, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps in a laborious way, it causes someone to uh, feel bored. Okay. But what I'm doing is I'm replacing that word with uh, a homonym for a pig, which is bore. So I was equating the two uh, and then smashing them together in this uh, mishomified sentence. Oh, I guess. Anyways, it, it <laughs> goes by everybody else and attacks Barley immediately. Uh, just just recklessly taking any attacks of opportunity. Uh, it tusks is of adamantine see. steel. <laughs> yeah, right? It's actually it a level 15 with. boar. <laughs> it's about to get hog wild. That was pretty good. But I would still probably have to explain... Uh, <laughs> to know how hog wild ties into the scenario. Please do. Um... <laughs> So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a one, two, calliope, three, four, poire, because it's like an even stretch and it has no ill-fated will towards one or the other of you. So either it's calliope silvera or our good friend puriaria poire montana. Let's see. That is a four going straight for poire. So it takes a stride action, moving in, and it's going to try and dig in with its tusks. Luckily, it didn't manage to get off its boar charge, which would have given it a plus two circumstance bonus to its attack roll because it didn't move 20 feet. Good news there. That is going to be, ooh, that's a really good roll, 26 to hit. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, it's definitely going to hit. My AC is 16. 
16. So that is a crit. Um, because it is 10 over. So here we go. I wasn't trying to do this, but I was trying to get someone to come out in the field. So you know what? This is my fault. Here we go. Ooh, bad roll. Bad, bad, bad roll. You got lucky here. Uh, five, eight, 16 points of damage. Uh, I'm down. Uh, that is my hit points. <laughs> oh, my God. As it gores you with its tusk, then changes direction and charges straight at Calliope, uh, unable to attack. That was a really high roll. I'm sorry about that, Boar. Um, it is your turn, though. Bad you roll. Are bad dying roll. Oh, just one. So he would actually... 16 <laughs> points of damn. <laughs> uh, he gets moved to just before the boar in initiative mm. when you go down. Oh, right. Thank you. Uh, he is just before, so I'll wait to see what he does next. Calliope, it is now your turn. This boar, like, just you watch as its tusks dig through the shoulder of Poir, throwing him up in the air, and he lands with a thump on the ground. He's not moving, and then it changes direction, immediately moving towards you. What do you do? I am going to, for my first two actions, as I pull off one of the gloves on my hand to show off all of the magical marks that just cover her body, uh, I'm going to hold my hand out, and I'm going to cast Color Spray at the boar. Ooh, ooh. That's a good one. Uh, and what? And I need a will save from the boar. Uh, that's a 10. It's a 10. Uh, so it is not a critical failure, but it is a failure. Uh, and the creature is uh, stunned one, blinded for one round, and dazzled for one minute. Let's go. Nice. Good God. Good job, Kalei. Ooh. Uh, it immediately moves back. I, I am such a... Poor. I love color spray as a spell so much. <laughs> low level, like, that's... low level color spray is... Bad. That's an unsung. Yeah. Um, I remember in Pathfinder yeah, really one e, that would be like a deal. That would be like a, a, a the spell I would say for the boss fight because it would mm. be so yeah. good. That or grease. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, grease. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so two actions, and then I will stride uh, my full movement, which I believe is twenty five feet backwards. I'm a run away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to peace out of there all right um so that is your turn Boop. barley you hear this uh terrible noise of poire going down then you hear the boar scream out and begin to like blast air through its nostrils as it tries to clear out this color spray and squeal in place shaking its head back and forth because it is dazzled blinded stunned mm. not doing so great that so has right. also one less action next turn. Let's go. That's so good. And a 20% chance to miss every attack. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, Isn't blinded 50% at the... Uh, for one round, one and round. then dazzled for the rest. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. big advantage. Uh, yep. All right, so we're going to move 25 feet. Big advantage. I was going to say it. Huh. Damn it. 15, 20, <laughs> 25 feet there. Um, I'm going to draw my shields for one action. I'm going to yell to Tam, just whatever you do, stay close. And I'm going to raise my shield. All right. Ulrich, it is now your turn as Barley moves in, getting ready to go toe-to-toe with our um, friend. Ulrich is going to say to Tam, get up. And he casts <laughs> Stoke the Heart 
on Tam. Yes. Um, so whenever you deal damage, you do an additional plus two damage on your first successful attack. And then he is going to move directly behind uh, Good. Barley. Yes. Since I usually end up receiving the brunt of these hits. So he's hiding. <laughs> and uh, It may be blind, but it makes a straight line for you. Charge through. Gets us both. Um, and then... I don't think I have any more. Oh, no, I do. I have uh, Guidance. So another cantrip. Um, and I will also cast that on Tam. So you get a plus one status bonus to one attack roll or Fantastic. anything else. So help you hit and then do more damage. Thank you, my gnome friend. All right. It is now uh, the goblin himself's turn, all beefed up and ready to go. All beefed up and ready to go. Well, I'm going to line it up beautifully for that pig when it comes to charge. And then with my good friend Fizzy's help, I am going to swing at this thing with the poorly named Dog Slicer. <laughs> Hasn't sliced one dog. Yeah. No, it sliced wolves. It sliced wolves. So that good old... Good you can old just slur wolves. the name a little bit and it could be Hog Slicer. <laughs> hog Slicer. There we go. <laughs> oh, natural crit. 20. Okay. So that... Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> So that will be 14 damage in total. Um, 14 damage in total. So does a natural 20 always a crit, or do you have to get 10 over? Um, if it's a normal success, it gets bumped up to a crit, even if it's not 10 over. But if it's a miss, okay. it gets bumped up to a normal hit. Gotcha. So it is it is definitely a crit then. So it does 14 damage. You take a hefty, hefty chunk out of our good friend, uh, the boar here. You have one more action. Okay, I will raise my shield as my next action. Okay. Uh, Poir, if you could roll me a DC 11 flat check to see if uh, you're still going to be dying. One. Not to Just be that guy. Not, not, oh, not nope. to be that guy, but because he went down to a crit, he's actually dying too, so it's DC 12. <laughs> what do you mean not to be that guy? You are <laughs> that guy. That's my job. We love you, we we love love you for being that guy, well. but it's important Just that you roll know. a straight D20 on that flat check. Is that what it is? Yeah. So it's DC 12. Yeah, not to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, you're dead. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Now you're dying three. You do have a hero point. Uh, you, you know what? Save him, you know Paul. What? Save I will him. Yeah. roll that hero point. Let's go for it. So so, so when you're well, dying... You can just save him. Yeah, it's still yeah. a failure, but... Well, so so when you're dying, <laughs> you can spend your hero point to just zero out. You're not dying. You're not Oh, uh, Okay, I'm definitely yes. going to do that then. I like I like the idea that Ryan knew that and decided to roll anyways. He's like, nah, I'm just gonna roll. Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> like, you can stabilize. No, nope, fuck that. I'm gonna roll again. Oh uh, no. Uh, so you are zero. You are uh, wounded two at zero, unconscious. Mm. Here we go against my good friend Tam. The boar rears up. Only gets two attacks this time. Fifty percent miss chance because he's blinded. So is he not stunned for this round? That means he only gets two uh, two actions instead of one. So here he goes. First attack. Stupid rules. <laughs> That's a fourteen to hit Tam. Uh, is a miss. There we go. That's not great. Uh, great with the minus five and fifty percent miss chance. This is definitely going to hit. Oh, natural nineteen for a twenty-four. And it also rolled the the eleven Ooh. flat check. Uh, no, not yet. I was going to see if that hit first, and then I was going to roll oh, the, okay. the d20. 
Uh, let me just check. No, that is a hit. All right, here we go. Just. And I rolled exactly an 11. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's just running around doing nonsense. Uh, <laughs> here we go, 2d6. Eight points of damage as it manages in its wild stupor to catch you with one of its tusks, clearing out its eyes. It is still dazzled, Make that but it is no longer five blinded. five points of damage as I use my liberating step reaction to reduce it by Ooh. three. Oh. Uh, Hello. And also, Tam, if you would like to, what you can take a step action for free. I can. That sounds amazing. I think I will. Although I quite like being I mean, next to you. You step back, <laughs> so therefore it has to spend yeah. its next action to step forward. Or if you step to the left one, I think I can mm. flank with you. I mean, we won't be next to each other, but we will be flanking. Yeah, let's do that. Cool. All right. Uh, it is Calliope's turn. Calliope, you've definitely managed to take a little bit of the uh, terrifying might out of this boar. Mm. What do you do next? Uh, I am going to spend my first two actions. Is I am going to cast uh, Electric Arc at the boar, and I need a reflex save. It's electric. Roll <laughs> ah, that's the second time I've rolled a two for a seven. Mm-hmm. His will save is higher than his reflex save. That's weird, right, for a board? <laughs> I guess just because they're so, like, pig-headed. Yeah. Up, up, yeah. Hey. Up, uh, uh, you get it. You, you also, in addition mm-hmm. to the terrible bear joke, that Ian now has a floating hero point. Uh, Nona, I shall give you a floating Let's hero go. point go for, for a terrible, terrible joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the total on that one? Uh, it, it's seven. Seven? Uh, that is... My spell DC is 17. Let's go! Ooh, that's a critical that's fail. A crit fail. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I doubled my modifier, right? I should know this. I believe yeah. so. You double everything. That's the Yeah. Uh, so that is 16 Except damage. Precision. 16 damage. Calliope, how do you uh, grill this pig? Uh, just <laughs> unlimited power. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch as a pig without an arm calls out and then floats off into the Coruscant sky. Uh, again, because for some reason we keep coming back to this being a Star Wars RPG. Um, the pig falls to the ground dead. As the pig falls to the ground dead. If you say two more pigs, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) If you say a vile pig that spews acid, (laughs) I quit. Okay, good news. (laughs) Three more pigs. (laughs) You said two. Um, One's undead, one's vile. You hear something skittering around in the cabbages. Oh, God. Uh, But the second the pig goes down... Whatever's in the cabbages stops moving. Is it another pig? <laughs> Is it Fennec? I hope it's Fennec. <laughs> Whose turn is it? What do you do? We'll stay. We'll stay. Uh, we'll stay in initiative order. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's fun. It's always fun to do that. Uh, okay. Barley. We'll say that Calliope uh, just really hones in on the electricity, just murdering the pig. Mm. Barley. While the murder's happening. You take notice of this, what you do? Uh, Bacon. Hearing the rustling, <laughs> Barley is going to run to get between the rustling and Poir's body, uh, draw his longsword, and raise his shield. Thank you, Barley. Okay. I got you. 
Ulrich. Ulrich goes over to Poir and coup de gras him. Sorry, buddy. Prince. A heathen. <laughs> and takes his wand to speak with animal and goes, it's mine now. Yeah. Uh, um, he's going to... <laughs> I am the Senate. <laughs> I am uh, the Senate. He's going to <laughs> slowly walk around the outside, trying to peer between the cabbages to see if there's anyone, any, what what the thing is that's in the cabbages. Okay. Ten. Uh, so would that be a perception check or? Yeah. Well, well I'm just getting everyone set up. Okay. For for this one, so. As you get closer, I'll just say you're kind of sneaking. Uh, Tim, what do you do? You see Tam's tone because after Calliope's superb light show, there is a smell of delicious bacon near Tam. However, he is also conscious of the fact that there is something lurking in those cabbages. So, aping his good friend Barley, he will move up also next to the stricken poire and put his shield up and be ready for whatever might come springing out. We're like the little baby Spartans. Exactly. <laughs> I really suppose small. I should have activated my shield too. Oh, let's see. <laughs> you know what? My dusty rose though. Um, so as everyone walks up, I'm going to rotate back to Ulrich because Ulrich is closest. I'm going to say he's firsties uh, the traditional term of firsties Finnick pops up above his head a swarming mass of bees angered inside the hive he takes and throws straight at Finnick as it smashes just inches in front of your feet Finnick Finnick? Ulrich sorry Ulrich Finnick throws he it at Ulrich. He smashes it at his feet. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he self-emulates with bees. Ah, um, the bees fly bees. out oh, and start God. moving straight for you, Ulrich, but not you are ready. It is not the bees. It is now your turn, Ulrich. What do you do? Um, oh, I hope you have a way to deal with this. <laughs> I, does, I hope you have. Does anyone have destroy splash bees. damage? <laughs> so, uh, I do have a 15-foot cone effect. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. But, all, but also, don't kill Finnick. <laughs> <laughs> eh. <laughs> Collateral damage is fine. Yeah. Um, how big is this little bucket of water behind me? Can I just jump into that? <laughs> no. <laughs> does, it, does it work that way? <laughs> you just peace out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, then that's, oh, no. so somebody get poor. I will we use... have to speak with animals. <laughs> yeah. Speak with bees. Um, I will cast Haunting Him, which is 15-foot cone. Is there any damage? All right. And what do I roll? Uh, that is a... Ba, ba, ba. Fortitude, I think. Fortitude save, yes. There we go. The, the bees aren't very fortuitous. Uh, 12. Uh, fail. Uh-oh. Um, so you just take four sonic damage. Uh, um, they seem to take... Double that damage. Ooh. Uh, remind me, uh, weakness is up to the number. Uh, no, they take uh, additional damage equal to the listed number. So if it's weakness like oh, splash cool. five, they take five extra damage. 
So they take even more damage than okay. you even imagine. And it, since it's a 15-foot cone, will it hit Finnick as well? Uh, it will. I'll have him roll reflex. Yeah. I'm just going to try to, like, daze him and slow him down. Uh, him unconscious. He rolled a s- 13. Uh, fail as well, so he takes four. Four? Okay. Yeah, that one doesn't seem to rock him as much because he's not a bunch of bees. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I'm going to uh, <laughs> run away. Uh, like sorry, a hero. tactfully retreat. <laughs> it is now the bees' turn. Great. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So the bees move. 10, 20. They're going to double move, and they're just going to kind of float like a butterfly, sting all of you in oh, your goodness. face. Um, I need everybody, uh, which includes, because it's now hovering over Barley and Tam. I need yep. you both to make me a reflex save, please. Reflex save. How's a 14? That's a fake. Reflex. How is a 20? Yeah, that passes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if I said fail? Uh, that would be awful. Yeah. Oh my god, what are these bees made of? Crypto. Mo- mostly bees. bees. Uh, you take one point of damage. Me? Um, barley. Oh. Yep. On a fail? Tam, you are on, on a fail. Okay. But now I need you to make me a fortitude save. Oh, no. oh I'm better at those. Oh. How's a 25? <laughs> he is better <laughs> at those. <laughs> and though these stingers, as they enter your skin, feel white hot, that uh, does not seem to affect you further. But you do notice the bees that have stung you and sunk their stingers into you pull away and then fall to the ground dead, uh, making the swarm bit smaller um and that's that's all for now i think this isn't going to go super well it is now tam's turn uh tam is going to light a torch and start waving it around in the general b direction figuring it'll work better than his dog slicer because it's not a b slicer he doesn't have one of those so you take out your torch which is uh manipulate so that's one action light it yep another action and then you're swinging it around so I'll say it's like an improvised weapon. So, about right. so let's go ahead and do, um, with a minus four, go ahead and take a swing. It's going to be, oh. it's not a finesse weapon, so you don't get some of the benefits that you might with It's the only a minus your, two uh, for improvised. Oh, thank you. Oh, my old okay, so, stupid Pathfinder brain. So what should I roll? Uh, I believe, what is your to hit with your dog slicer currently? It is currently seven. And I think that you get a plus two because it's a goblin weapon. So it's yeah. going to be like a plus three. Okay. Yeah, because I think generally at level one, it's like a plus five to hit. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll roll this and just take four off then. So that will be 16. Miss. So you Damn you it. try to swing in with, uh, with your nice fire baton. Don't manage to hit... All of the bees as they fly around. Uh, what else would you like? So that's everything, I think. So take out that's light me. attack. Um, yeah. Poir, what you thinking about? What's going on? Uh, just, you just hear this loud buzzing. It's just this, it's just this constant, like, <laughs> was, that a, was that a pig? <laughs> just over and over again. Did I get... I, did I get got by a pig? Is this what being dead's like? Do I go to pig heaven or do I go to halfling heaven? Oh, boy. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, I wonder if my kid's okay. Oh, well, you know, I don't got to worry about that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Calliope, you, you 
for some reason managed to hear this in your own mind. Uh, you're like, am I connected with Poir somehow? But you, you ignore that for the time being. It is now your turn. I will spend my first action to uh, move over about 15 feet or so, which I think puts me... Yep. Uh, and I will cast uh, Electric Arc on the bees. <laughs> Not my bees. Um, that doesn't count as area or splash damage, right? It's just a normal magic attack. It is. I mean, this is a save. Uh, yeah, but it, it's still single target. It's single target. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's all I got. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's fair. I'm just making sure that I'm not supposed to add something else to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, it is a reflex. 18 on the reflex. Uh, that is a success by one, so I think he'll just take half. Let's do this. Uh, so that is seven half to four? Three. Three. I think four, it three. rounds down. Down, down. yep. Yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so you move and then it's two actions for that electric arc correct yep you do manage to singe some bees and they do fall to the ground uh adorably um as you realize they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time barley it is now your turn um as these helpless innocent bees are massacred by y'all could i roll recall knowledge nature on the bees to see if the fire would be actively more effective leg of the torch uh you could. Okay. Go ahead and roll me that recall knowledge. 17. Beekeeper lore. Uh, <laughs> if you had beekeeper That'd lore, be I'd make the DC like two. Um, it, it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't. Bludgeoning, bludgeoning would be more effective uh, from what you would think uh, than slashing or piercing, certainly, which that would be provided to by, say, a torch as an improvised weapon. But the fire at the end in and of itself does not... Uh, help okay, you. then I will. I'm so I'm glad I did that. I'll drop my long sword to the floor uh, for my second action. So dropping is free. Uh, my second yep. action will be to draw my morning star, and then I'm gonna swang. Ooh, how's a twenty-four? A twenty-four is a hit, not a crit hit, but it's a good. Hit. Take it, and we're gonna roll for uh, ooh seven bludgeoning damage. Seven bludgeoning damage. How do you dispatch oh, the last bits of the bees? Let's go. Uh, so yeah, just just pulling out the morning star. Uh, he's just gonna start like like helicoptering it around his head. Just the big spiked ball on the end of the stick, just wide enough to keep catching enough of them that when he pull it back down, there's just a bunch of little bee corpses stuck to the spikes of the morning star. God, it's a nice. bee massacre. You all got massacred. Just got pretty destroyed. B movie all of a sudden. <laughs> ha. Ha. Stop fishing Shut for hero dying. points. <laughs> um, you all managed to, to finish up. I'll say you managed to get Poir on his feet. Um, though shakily. And you see Finnick peek back up from the cabbages. He goes, uh-oh. And he takes off running. And you will all have to give chase. Next time mm. on oh, this Pathfinder to we show. Fucking pigs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> level one is so rough in 2e. Everything one-shots you if it's over level one. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it's, yeah, a bad, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a crit. Oh, and don't worry. It's a bad roll. 16 <laughs> damage. <laughs> to be fair, it was... 4d6 plus 8. If I had like maxed oh, out on that, that it had the potential to 
kill yeah. you. Yeah. It's it just a handy. pig. Why is it hit so hard? <laughs> they, these are these are animals that are in this book. I could not Four Corners Games podcast is property of Four Corners Games Inc. For more information about Four Corners Games, please visit fourcornersgames.com with the number four. Music and sound on this episode by Sirenscape, because epic games need epic sound. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc., which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. The Four Corners Games podcast is sponsored by Roll20.net, and we are a proud member of the Roll20 Spotlight program. Our game today was played through and facilitated by Roll20.net. If you're looking for an amazing way to play on the tabletop, both in person and virtually, go check out Roll20.net today.